Welcome to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. We are in a series, looks like we're in a series now where we are addressing the preeminence of Christ's kingdom. And so I'm going to pick up uh, the same theme from where we were on Sunday. And uh, the subtopic for this evening is going to be the revelation of Christ. So somebody turn to your neighbor or look at your wall or look in the mirror and say the preeminence of Christ's kingdom. <laughs> and then say the revelation of Christ. So we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, the first chapter, and uh, I'm just going to do verses one through four. Uh, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. I know that we typically say that people's attention span is about 20 minutes. For some reason, I think in virtual worship that the attention span probably is a little bit less. Uh, and so I'm, I'm gonna to try to be conscientious of that in this, but I believe that there's something that the Holy Spirit has given us to um, facilitate his purpose of establishing the kingdom. We're dealing with the backdrop of what happens after the hard reset. So after the global pandemic has passed, after we go back to whatever level of normalcy that we're gonna have in our lives, what's next? Um, we have established the fact already that we believe that the Holy Spirit has given us a, a hard reset, that he has shifted everything and all of the systems of the world that there is a spiritual changing and a shifting of the guard that has occurred, that uh, God has really changed an era, E-R-A, a time for us in the body of Christ. And we also have established already over the last few weeks that uh, we are in a season of judgment, which we understand biblically to mean a season of measurement. And so when God is measuring, when he is weighing things in the balance, um, he makes a determination after that measurement. Somebody say amen. And so we are trusting and believing the Lord that those of us that he's calling into this positioning, that we are hearing that clarion call and that we are doing everything that is necessary in our life space, in our ministry space, in our business space, in our family space to bring things back to his original intention and purpose. All right. So Hebrews, the first chapter, verses one through four says this, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, meaning Jesus Christ, purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Before we start to deal with the text, let's just establish this as a bit of a foundation. Number one, the kingdom of God is the realm of the sovereignty, the absolute authority, and the uttermost dominion of the almighty God. The kingdom of God encompasses both the heavens and the earth, all of creation, which includes the immaterial and the material worlds, that which is born in time and that which is eternal. Somebody shout the kingdom of God. As all uh, encompassing as God's kingdom is, everyone born into the earth is not given access or entrance into the kingdom, all right? John 3 and 5 says it like this, unless you are born again of the water and the spirit, you cannot even enter the kingdom of God, which means that the kingdom of God has a qualifier. It says, uh, if you have to be born of the water and the spirit to enter into it, it means that there are some people who can see the kingdom. There are some people who might be around the kingdom, yet they don't have full interest and access to the kingdom. That's really interesting because I believe that we have heard a lot of rhetoric and a lot of cliches about people saying that they're leaving the church age and they're coming into the kingdom age and they're no longer in the church, but they're in the kingdom. But the reality is you can just walk into the church. You can just physically walk into the church. You can sit there, you can wave your hand, you can worship, but the kingdom is a spiritual reality that you can't just bombard your way into, but you literally have to be born into the kingdom of God. Luke 18 said it this way, says, unless you receive the kingdom like a child that you can't enter in. So there's another qualifier that there are people that are standing at 
the, the entrance or the gate of the kingdom. And if they have not taken on the qualities of a child, they are not able to enter in. And when we look at the word child there, it is a word in the Greek uh, called, I'm going to try to pronounce it, but it's pahidion. And it doesn't uh, only mean a child as in uh, immature or unlearned or an infant, but it also means a servant and a slave. And so the Lord Jesus was addressing something when he said to them, suffer the little children to come unto me, forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And then said to them, if they could not receive the kingdom like this, they wouldn't be able to enter in. In other words, when you look at a child, a child is innocent, a child is humble, but a child is totally reliant. A child is not worrying about a mortgage payment. A, a child is not worrying about car insurance. A child is not worried about medical expenses. They're not even dealing with the ideologies of what maturity and adulthood uh, uh, are going to afford them. They're literally being led and guided and, and, and shifted and governed by a system outside of them. So the Lord Jesus, the layer of truth there is that if you are not willing to enter into the kingdom of God and interface with it and interact with it with a slave-like mentality, with a, a slave-like um, disposition, then you won't be able to enter into the kingdom. And so when we're dealing with the sovereignty of God and the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're dealing with his uh, dominion and his governance, it's not up for debate. If you're going to enter in, he's saying the first order of business that you've got to receive is that I'm God and I'm sovereign. I'm the Lord. I'm calling the shots. And I'm expecting a total lifestyle of submission and subservience to you. Acts 14, 22 says it this way. We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God, which means that entrance into the kingdom of God is not instant. It's not automatic. It's not just simply a confession, but that there is a process by which we acquiesce into understanding all of the fullness of the dynamics of the kingdom of God. The, Jesus said it this way in one of the parables that the kingdom of God was like a seed. It was a seed that was implanted in us, but then that seed has to be nurtured, has to be cultivated, and then the seed has to begin to grow. Somebody say amen. So it means that the process of the kingdom in you is all-encompassing of a spiritual, mental, emotional metamorphosis that you have to enter into in order to fully enter into the kingdom. That means that we have to deal with the kingdom mentality with a bit of scrutiny and a bit of discernment because there are people that we might be in church with who really are not in the kingdom of God. There are people that we might sit on the row with. There are people that we might sing on the choir with. There are people that we might even be, I hate to say it, but in a prayer group with who have not yet submitted their lives to the lordship and the governance of Christ, which means that they have not really entered into the realm of his kingdom. His kingdom is the realm of his sovereignty. It is the realm, <clears throat> excuse me, of his dominion. It is the realm of his power. Somebody say hallelujah. We're entering into the kingdom, all right? So we're talking about the preeminence of the kingdom of Christ. The scripture says that we looked at in Hebrews, it says that God spoke in various times and in various ways to the fathers by the prophets. Now, this is something that we've got to establish. We're going to understand uh, who Jesus Christ is, the revelation of Christ, and we're going to understand the preeminence of his kingdom. We have to understand the distinction in the ages or in the era. So he says here, in previous times, in times past, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets, which meant that there was a time or an era of distinction and separation. So there was no close and, 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 and up close communion and fellowship with the almighty God. There was no close interaction with him. There was the high priest who had to be in the temple and who got to atone for the sins of the people once a year by shedding uh, blood or sprinkling blood on the mercy seat. There were the priests that uh, were constantly in the temple of God on a day-to-day -day basis by their lot, by their schedule, uh, uh, depending on their lineage. And they were offering up continual sacrifice 
sacrifices to God. The people got to observe the dealings of God from a distance and afar off. And if God decided to speak to them, there was no uh, impression of the law and the statutes of God upon their heart, but it was the prophet. And they had to wait for the prophet of God to come out of his chambers and to announce to the nation of God what the Lord was saying. So they were saying the author of Hebrews is establishing that there was a season when God spoke only by the voice of the prophet. But it says this, but in this day or in the last days, he's spoken to us by his son. Now that doesn't uh, eradicate the ministry of the prophets or the ministry of the apostles or the messengers or even the ministry of the angels, because there's a contrast here also between the angels being used to send messages. But he's saying that there is in the new era that there is the presence of Emmanuel. There is the presence of God with us. So this is how we begin to understand who the Lord Jesus Christ is and the preeminence that his kingdom brings to bear upon the earth and upon creation. So God who was separated, uh, as it were, metaphorically by the veil, uh, which was also the veil over the minds of people uh, concerning the law, but also the veil that was in the holies of holies that was a symbolic veil that separated the people of God from the presence of God. In the previous season, God was separated from the people, but he's saying not so in this last era. He says in this last era, God is with us. He is dwelling amongst us, and he is speaking to us by his son. Now, let me give this to you as a sidebar that everything that we see that speaks to uh, and references the Lord Jesus Christ is present for us that are in the church because the church is the body of Christ. So when it says that Emmanuel, that God is dwelling amongst us, now God is not only dwelling amongst us like he was when the Lord Jesus Christ walked on the face of the earth, but now he is dwelling in us. Know ye not that you are, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have received from God. So in other words, he has gone from away from us to with us to now he is inside of us. Somebody shout hallelujah. So we got to get that revelation and we'll, we'll keep building. The scripture says here that Jesus Christ is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So when we deal with Jesus Christ. And I know there are people that are watching here that may not be of a, a, a Christian persuasion or belief system. Let me help you understand what makes Jesus Christ the most unique entity in all of creation. He is not uh, uh, commensurate with the prophet Muhammad. He is not commensurate with Krishna. He is not commensurate with Buddha. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the brightness of the glory of the almighty God. Now, when you look at the word brightness there in the Greek, it talks about literally rays of light. He is the emanation. He is the reflection of the almighty God himself. So it means that when you look in the face of Christ, or when you look into the depths of who Christ is, that it is the only way that you can actually see into who the Almighty is, into who Yahweh is, who the Most High God is. There's another interesting thing that I saw in the text where it says that he is the express image of his person. The word there in the Greek is hypostasis, which means the substructure or the foundation. It says that which is the actual existence or a real being, or even watch this, the steadfastness of mind. So when it says that Jesus Christ is the expressed image of the person of God, it means that everything that the Most High God is in totality, everything that he is in existence, everything that he is in thought, everything that he is in the actual physical, if it were, foundation of who he is, that Jesus Christ himself is the only representation or image of who the Father is. And so I have news for people who believe that they are in a relationship with the Most High God, but they denounce Jesus Christ. It is impossible for you to understand who he is. And this is why Jesus Christ could say that no man comes unto the Father unless you come by him, not simply because that is a formula in prayer or a formula for our salvation, but he literally is saying, I'm the only father that you're going to see. And so if you think that you can bypass me, or if you think that you don't have to honor me, or you think that you don't have to worship me, then you have no relationship with the father because I am literally the manifestation of everything that the father is. So you cannot denounce 
Jesus Christ and get to the Father. You cannot deny him. You cannot overlook him. You cannot diminish him or relegate him to just being a prophet or a good man and a messenger and still think that the Most High God is going to answer you when you call. Even if you pray, and I know I got I to gotta be the apostle he's called me to be, even if you pray facing the east, and even if you pray five and 10 and 15 times a day, even if you fast for months at a time, if you are seeking the Most High God, God, and you were doing it outside of the person of Jesus Christ, I have news for you. Unless you're seeking him for repentance and to find out who he is, there is no voice. He can't hear you because there is no way to get to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the consummation of everything that the Father is. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm going to try to sit still and get excited. And then the scripture goes on to say, that the Lord Jesus Christ upholds all things. Somebody say all things. He upholds all things by the word of his power. I love this scripture because it means that everything that exists, even the atheist, even the agnostic, even the Satan worshiper, even the people that worship other deities, even the occultists and the witches, it says that everything that exists, exists because of the Lord Jesus Christ and because he upholds it by the word of his power. The atheist is breathing because God's word is at work in his life to allow him to breathe. Every time they take a breath, they're breathing in Jesus. I know y'all don't like that. I said every time they take a breath, they're breathing in what the most high and the almighty God has allowed them to breathe in. Romans makes it painfully clear to us that it says that the eternal Godhead and the existence of God is known by all of their creation. So the people who deny his existence and the people who deny the Godhead, the people who deny the Lordship of Jesus Christ are doing it because they have willfully blinded their mind. The devil can't even trick them enough to not believe in who God is, not just who he is as a supreme being, but the scripture says specifically even his eternal power and Godhead. That means intrinsically and instinctively in your nature as a created being that God himself created, you are hardwired to know truth. You are hardwired to know the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. You are hardwired to know exactly who he is in power and in strength and in might and in dominion. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so the scripture goes on to say, because everything exists and consists in him, Colossians 1.18 says that the Lord Jesus Christ is given to be the head of all things that pertain to the church. Somebody say the head of all things that pertain to the church. So God shifted the order in Jesus Christ. It went from just simply a nation or nations of believers who ascribed to uh, rituals and traditional belief systems to now he had a nation of people that he indwells by his own spirit. He has a nation of people who has the statutes and the laws of God impressed and written upon the fabric of their heart by the Holy Spirit whom he's given to them. He has a nation of people who have received an imbuement of the love of God that is shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. And then he gives the Lord Jesus Christ a body. And it's not just the corporeal existence that they saw when he walked in the flesh, but he's given him another corporeal existence. Somebody shout, I'm a part of the body of Christ. You literally are a part of the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. And if you are the body of Christ, it means that the headship, that the governance, that the mind of Christ is seated upon you. And that that mind and that headship and that governance is directing all of the affairs of the body. But watch this. It says that he is given the head to be the head of all things that pertain to the church. This is why we have got to be careful in our generation of an antichrist spirit and an antichrist agenda. Well, what do you mean, preacher? I'm talking about the people that say that I'm out of the church or the church is inept or the church has no power or the church uh, is not like what it used to be in times past. The devil is a liar. That is the rhetoric of an antichrist agenda that is trying to subvert the supremacy and the dominion and the power of Jesus Christ that is in his church. If he is given the head 
to, to be the head of all things pertaining to the church, if the church is the body of Christ, to insult him, to say that the church has no power, or that the church is in F, it is literally to blaspheme or to speak against the place that he has his power and authority situated. Somebody shout hallelujah. So when we talk about Jesus Christ being the head of the church, we're talking about the ecclesia. And the ecclesia, based on the, the context of the scripture that we're looking at, is the legislative or the governmental arm of the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is the realm of his sovereignty. It encompasses creation. It encompasses the supernatural. It encompasses the natural world. It encompasses the realm of the angels. It encompasses the kingdoms of men, all of the things that we have seen, all of the universe, all of the planets, all of the constellations, all of the stars are uh, subjected to and a part of the sovereign kingdom of God. But then the ecclesia is a part of the kingdom of God or the part of the kingdom of God where the governing headship of Jesus Christ is situated. So if we did away with the church, we're doing away from the place where all of his dominion and authority is derived from. We're doing away with the place from which he executes his functional authority as governor and as magistrate and as sovereign and the head of all of the things that the father has entrusted to him. So now we're dealing with the fact that the ecclesia has a governmental responsibility in the kingdom, which is why 1 Corinthians 12 says to us that he gave first apostles and secondarily uh, prophets and thirdly teachers and that he set them in the church. He has the offices, he has the officers who are complete in and of themselves, and then he puts them in an institutional setting and connects them to the headship and the governance of Christ so that all of what God the Father wants to see accomplished in and through his kingdom gets to be accomplished. Make no mistake about it, and I say that all the time. On the other side of this reset, we are coming into an understanding and into an awareness of the manifestation of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Not just Christ in us, the hope of glory that's going to catch us up into the heavens in the by and by or in the second coming of Christ or in the rapture when we meet him in the air. All of that is good and all of that is going to occur. But there is the dominion of Christ that already dwells in us once we have been born again into the kingdom of God. There is the glory of God that is in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And as we get on the other side of the reset and the pandemic and the things that God has done to recalibrate the earth and its systems and to cause creation to have a check into its rightful place and position. Now, the manifestation of Christ in you is going to have to show up. Now, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is going to have to be seen because there is a world that is looking and hungry and desperate for the manifestation of Christ, not just your church program and not just your ritual of what you believe and not just all of the fancy things that you put together to be appealing and appeasing to the, uh, the, the, the sensitivities and the sensibilities of man. But now the body of Christ is going to have to show Christ in the earth. You're going to have to show his power. You're going to have to show his supremacy. You're going to have to show his authority because every single thing that the Lord Jesus Christ was when he walked on the earth, he is now that in you. He is now that through you. And so it's not enough for the church to stay in an infancy uh, stage, to stay immature, to stay in a place where you're only sucking on bottles of milk and you're not mature enough to digest the meat of the word. Here's some of the meat. The meat of the word is that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not a glory that's coming from somewhere else. It's not a glory that's coming in a cloud. It's not a glory that's coming because your pastor is anointed or your worship leader is anointed, but it's a glory glory that has got to begin in you and manifest on the outside of you. It is a revelation of Christ in you and you in Christ that as you as you begin to walk in the earth, that your footsteps begin to walk just like his footsteps, that when you open your mouth and you begin to decree and declare and you begin to pray, that it literally is the utterance of the spirit of God coming out of you because the spirit of God dwells in you. This is the hour after this reset for you to come into an understanding of who you are. Somebody shout hallelujah. Pastor Autumn, shout hallelujah again. So we're dealing with the preeminence 
of the kingdom of Christ. We're dealing with the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He's not just a man that walked on the earth. He's not just a symbolic figure of the almighty God, but he is the express image of his very person and being. He is the tangible, I feel him in this room, the tangible manifestation of the invisible God. He is the brightness of the glory of God. If you have ever been in an encounter where the glory of God has really shown up, I'm talking about real glory, not goosebumps, not a Hammond B3 and a good breakdown and shouting music and all of that has its place, but I'm talking about where your eyes are open to see him, where your eyes are open to behold the glory of God. You know what I'm talking about when you when I say that he is the brightness of the glory of God, that he is the, the emanation of the rays of the light and the power of the Most High. And now it is time for you to recognize that that's who he is in you, in you. The kingdom of God is moving at an accelerated speed. We're not building the kingdom because the kingdom is already built. We're establishing the kingdom. We're, we're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We're preaching the message of the kingdom because there are people that are stuck in bondages and in prison, some of them imposed by religious systems that have kept them away from their inherent reset. It takes a hard hit for people to awaken and to come to the place where they recognize and understand that it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to pray for people that are ready to see and to experience and to mature and to come into the place that the Father has really called you into. Make no mistake about it, God has shifted the guard and he's changed the times and the seasons. We are moving in an anointing like the sons of Issachar. We're discerning that there's a complete shifting in the times and the seasons of God. He's changed it. As we entered into this decade, our prophetic cabinet began to prophesy that we were entering into a 10-year shifting of a time and season. We had no idea uh, specifically that a global pandemic was going to arise. We knew that there would be catastrophe. We knew that the economy was going to take a dive like we had never seen in our lifetime. We knew that God was going to allow cataclysmic things to happen to grip the hearts of people. We knew that God was going to reintroduce us to his sovereignty. These were prophetic words that kept coming out of the mouths of the company of prophets here at Ecclesia Global. But we didn't specifically see this, but we knew that something would happen that would change time and season for us for the rest of our lives. So we've entered in to a new time. We've entered into a new season. And so it behooves us to ask the Holy Spirit to open our ears and to open our eyes so that we can hear and see with clarity what it is that the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. And I'm going to hit this, not just what your pastor wants to say, and I'm not against pastors because I'm a pastor, but I realize that there are some entire institutions and movements and, and things that people have done in the name of religiosity that have failed to produce the product of God in his kingdom. They have failed to cause the church to mature and to grow up into the headship of Jesus Christ. They have failed to reproduce Christ in you, which is the travail and the labor of the apostles according to the doctrines that Paul established. He had a, a travail and a labor for the people of God that were under his apostolic dominion and jurisdiction. He labored and travailed until Christ was formed in them, until they came from the place of being mere babes to being mature sons of God. There was a travail that says, I've got to get you to the place that you begin to walk in the earth as Christ in the earth. That's the travail of every authentic apostle of Jesus Christ. They're not just building networks. They're not just building churches. They're not just trying to get sons and daughters under their tutelage. They're not just trying to uh, uh, collect people so that they can get bigger offerings and go on better vacations. Apostles are not just putting their names in light so that people can praise them and adore them for the greatness of their works in the name of the Lord. Apostles are travailing with deep groans 
for the people that God has entrusted to them so that the word of God, the word of truth can be built in them, the engrafted word that is able to save and convert their souls. It's a new day. It's a new order. It's a new hour. And so, Father, I pray for these that are here tonight and those that are going to watch the recording of this. I pray, Father, that the Spirit of God would do a work in their spiritual uh ears and in their spiritual eyes so that the scales can be removed so that they can see and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Father, I break off of them the spirit of stupor and the spirit of slumber, the spirit of blindness that has robbed them of their inheritance in Jesus Christ, that has robbed them of the truth of who Jesus Christ is, that is able to bring them to the place of healing and deliverance. Father, I shut down all of the machinations and the operations of the kingdom of darkness that has assailed your people for far too long and has taken them into places of captivity and imprisonment that has cut them off from the streams and the flows of everything that the Holy Ghost has been releasing into their life. Father, I remove the maso brekashelea. I remove the limitations over their mind and their soul and their spirit that has called them to have stunted spirituality so that they don't even have the capacity to take on the word that you are releasing into earth. Father, we break it up. We bust it up. We release the hammer. We release the hammer of your word to break up the fallow ground and to break up the hard places, to break up the places that are shallow so that the seed of the word, the seed of the word can go in and take root and reproduce according to its kind. Father, we shift We shift them out of places of carnality and places of spiritual apathy and apostasy. And we shift them into Nakal. We shift them into a place where the anointing and the move of the Holy Spirit is taking place. We release upon them the fire of God to burn and to consume them body, soul, and spirit, spirit, soul, and body, to break off bondages, to break off hindrances, to break off obstructions to your light and to your truth. And we release upon them an anointing, Father, of strength and an anointing of overcoming, an anointing of empowerment, Father God, that would cause the deep and the depth of God in them to cry out to you so that they can experience more of your depth and the deep things of God. We measure out another thousand and we pull your people into another measure. We pull them into another realm. We pull them, Father, into another dimension. We break off the satanic blinders that are on their minds that cause them to stay captive to places that are on the outside of your move. There are churches that have Ichabod written on the door because the glory has departed. But what's sadder is that the glory is not returning to some of them. Father, we remove the religious veneer and blinders that keep your people in covenant with places where you have already left. And we increase within their spirit an appetite for your truth, your power, and what you're doing and how you're moving right now. Father, we thank you and we seal this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we call it done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Is that all right? Did we do all right tonight? Glory to the name of the Lord. Um, I just feel uh, a stirring in the spirit, and I'm just going to open this up. We're going to minister just for a couple of minutes prophetically. There are some people um, that I sense that I'm going to release the word of the Lord to Danielle, uh, to Claybrook. I'm just going to release this word to you. I just hear the Lord saying that you have come into a season of growth and maturity, and everything that you have experienced and encountered in the last season that you were in, the Lord says that that uh, that there is a seal on that last season, that you have graduated out of that last season. And he shows me that you have graduated out of that season with a badge of honor. He says that you have graduated out of that season with a badge of honor because before you entered into that season, I'm seeing that there was a prophetic word that spoke that warned you of that season. The Lord is saying that there was a word that went forth and it spoke concerning the testing of your faith and it spoke concerning the trying of your faith, but it also spoke concerning your season of maturation, that 
that God was going to allow some trials and some things to come into your life and that you were not supposed to lose heart. You were not supposed to faint because in those trials, he said that he was going to perfect you. He said that there would be a fire that would burn things out of your life that were not supposed to be there. And he said that there was going to be some breaking and that there was going to be some crushing. I don't know if you remember this word, but I'm just seeing the word of the Lord even as a banner over your head. And he says that these were the things that he released. And he says that you went into that season. And he says those things definitely occurred. But he says that you are now walking out of that season and that there is literally an insignia that they're called that there is a badge that is stamped and that is embrazened upon your heart and your soul and your spirit. And it is the badge of an overcomer. And so the spirit of the sovereign Lord says unto you tonight that God is about to furnish and supply uh, a new dimension and dispensation of power and authority in your life. He says that even over the last three days to uh, seven days that there has been a sensing of this anointing. And it's almost like that the peace that passes all understanding has been in your life where you should be depressed and have turmoil, that there is somehow a spiritual strength that is saying to you that you've got to continue. And not only that you've got to continue, but that you will continue and that you have the ability to continue. The spirit of the Lord says that take, uh, take that not lightly, but it literally is a new dispensation of power. God says that he is upgrading you in this very hour and in this season, that this anointing that is upon you right now is an anointing that is going to cause you to break through every single wall that is ahead of you. And I see where there have been walls that have been cemented together. Some of them are walls that are connected to your past. Some of them are walls that are connected to your experiences. Some of them are walls that the enemy himself has built around your life and has tried to declare that you would not be able to progress beyond certain places. But the devil is a lie. God says that the Christ that is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory is beginning to manifest in you and it is going to flow out of you. That the glory of God that that is on the inside of you is about to cause you to not only leap over walls, but you're going to burst through some of the walls. I see you rising up with the strength of God and the might and the dominion of his omnipotence. And I see you breaking through the walls into uncharted territory. The spirit of the Lord says that there is a mantle that is falling upon your life in this hour and in this season. And he says that the fire of God is going to attend to that mantle. It is a mantle of fire. It is a mantle of the supernatural power of God. It is a mantle shalai. It is a mantle of supernatural breakthrough. It is a mantle of the fire of God. And he says, Danielle, that you are going to release the fire of God. I see you preaching and praying and prophesying and the fire of God is going to be released to heal. The fire of God is going to be released to deliver. And so the spirit of God says to count every single thing that you have been through as joy. He says, because every tear and all of the suffering has been credited to your account. He says that even in that, that you have been paying a price for the anointing, not that the suffering had to happen just to anoint you, but the brokenness that the suffering has created has squeezed out of you the choice and the price and the priceless oil of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So he says that you have entered into a new time and he says that you have to begin to embrace this new season and this new time with a new paradigm, with a new mind. You got to take on a new mind in Christ so that you can begin to see who you are in him, says the spirit of the sovereign Lord. The prophetic is on me. Any of you prophets, if you hear the word of the Lord, just hit the thing on the chat so that I know it's you and we're turn, we'll turn it over to you. I don't know who this is. I'm just going to prophesy as I see the names coming up. Lorraine James, I hear the spirit of the Lord say that there is a birthing that is about to take place in your life. I see that you are about to come into a season of another travail. And you might say, Lord, not another season. Yes, there's going to be another season of a travail and the pangs of birth are going to grip you. The pangs of birth are going to grab hold of you. But I'm prophesying that in the hour that the season that the pangs grab a hold of your life. You will not faint. You will not falter. You will not be double-minded. You will not 
fear, says the Spirit of God. I'm speaking strength into your future season. I'm speaking power. Makai, Suleke. I'm speaking power into the season that hasn't even come yet. And I'm telling you that when the travail of the Lord begins to grip your life, that you are going to stand strong. You are going to be resilient. You are going to be valiant because that which is going to be burnt out of your spirit in that season, God says that every single thing that has gone on in your life is leading up to this divine hour, is leading up to this divine purpose. And that which comes out of your spirit, that which is burnt out of your life, the spirit of God says that it is going to carry you into the full manifestation of your destiny and your purpose. I hear God saying that the assignment is about to shift in your life, that there's an upgrade that is pending in your life and in your mantle. Your mantle is about to be upgraded, but with the upgraded mantle comes an upgraded assignment. So God says, go about the business now of emptying yourself out and making the load lighter because I'm seeing you. You're going to have to move and you're going to have to shift and you're going to have to, you're going to have to move. It's like a genocide in the realm of the spirit. And so God is going to lighten your load. So I speak that a spirit of wisdom and knowledge in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ comes upon you that you begin to see through the eyes of Christ and you begin to recognize what it is that he has called you into, that you will see and understand that Christ in you, the hope of glory, so that you can move richly into the newness of this anointing. God says that this is a season, even now, to lock yourself in the written word of God because I see keys that are being released into you. God is about to share some things with you out of the word of God. Part of your mantle is to preach and you're going to preach with power. You're going to preach with authority. You're going to preach with dominion. People are going to say, where did this woman come from? He says that you're going to have great command over the word of God because a revelatory realm and dimension is being opened to you right now as he's putting those keys into your spirit. Open your mouth. You're probably already speaking in tongues, but open your mouth, lift your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost because he's activating something in you with the impartation of the keys. He's activating something that's been locked up in your spirit and I command it to flow. I command the rivers of living water to flow. I command the stream of wisdom to flow. I command the streams of revelation to flow. I command the streams of truth to flow out of your belly because this is the hour. Diasha Johnson, the word of the Lord comes forth saying to you that there is a changing in the time and the season and there is a changing in the plans of your life. I see where you had some things written down and it was like you had a whole schedule, uh, maybe like a two-year plan or a one-year plan or a five-year plan. And I see that God has called some upsets to come in the plan. Things are not happening according to the way that you had written down or hoped that they would come. But the Spirit of God says that there has been a shifting. I'm talking to Diasha. The Spirit of the Lord says that there has been a shifting in the times and the seasons concerning your life and the things that you are about to enter into. God says that there is a reprioritization and there is a reorganization. And there are some things that you thought that were not going to come to much later on down the road that are about to be in front of you, front and center. The Spirit of the Lord says to prepare yourself for what you are about to enter into. He says that he has given you grace for this season. He has given you grace, Diasha, for this new administration. I see like you're being pulled in different directions in the whole outlet and output of your business and your ministry is about to take a whole new form. God is about to thrust you into an entirely different arena. And I want you to know that God has begun to prepare you for this, even when you were a little girl, that he began to deposit certain visions and senses about who you would be and how you would be in your spirit as a little girl so that you were able to navigate through all of the places. Yes, Father, I receive it. I'll step even deeper into that anointing. I the prophetic phone. I want all of the prophets that are connected to Ecclesia Global, open your mouth, lift your hands up because God is releasing another prophetic weight. He's releasing another prophetic depth. He's, re He's releasing another well of the prophetic. And you all, as my sons and daughters, are entering into it right now. Open your mouth and allow, allow the river to flow. Isaiah, open your mouth. Let the river begin to flow out of your spirit. I unlock you. I 
release you to go into that next depth. I release you to go into that next realm. I release you to go into the depth and the dimension of the prophetic that God has released for you tonight. So, Diasha, there are things that God is about to do. You were able, as a little girl, uh, to receive impartation from the Spirit of God. And this is why the enemy could not take you out. This is why after every test, this is why, Diasha, after every trial, this is why after every setback, this is why after every disappointment, you have only recovered everything and come back resilient. God said because he impressed upon your spirit the DNA and the template for what it is that he's going to call you to. Diasha, the spirit of the Lord says that you are coming into a season of national prominence. National prominence. I hear your name, Diasha. I hear your name in circles that are noised abroad all around this nation. I hear your name in uh, California. I hear your name in Michigan. I hear them talking about you in Chicago. I hear your name, Le Costo Brean Zodore, Brastikin Zodore, Bakangele Ekal. I hear Nasuristakal. I hear your name, even in Atlanta. Your name is being released into the atmosphere. So God says to make yourself ready for what it is that he has called you to do because you are entering into the appointed time and you are entering into the appointed season, says the spirit of the sovereign Lord. Now, as these names are just popping up, I'm just hearing certain things. Glory to the name of the Lord. Elder Barbara Payne, Elder Barbara Payne, Elder Barbara Payne. I hear the spirit of the Lord saying concerning you, do you not know that he has called you into the kingdom for such a time as this. And I see where the spirit of the Lord says that he is shifting your posture and he is shifting your positioning because he says for time uh, immemorial that you have set on the sidelines, that you have sat on the circumference of the things that God has called you into. And he shows me that you have had to deal with all kinds of layers and systems of people trying to shut you down. People have tried to shut your voice. People have tried to decapitate you. People have tried to diminish your influence and your ministry. I'm literally looking at people that you have been in relationship with. This is Elder Barbara Payne. I'm looking at people that you have been in relationship with and I'm watching them. I'm watching them in your face. I'm watching them with you in different places. I'm watching them with you at restaurants. I'm watching them with you in different services where you have been. I'm watching them with you. Watch this. Catch this. Even on the phone, on prayer lines and praying with you. And I'm watching those same people go to other people and spread your business. I'm watching those people go to other people and spread lies about you. I'm watching those people looking at people that wanted to open up doors for you or connect you to certain things and going in and trying to sabotage the connection. I'm looking at people that have been jealous of your anointing and that have been jealous of how God has used you and called you. And you have had a cacophony of things that have gone on in your life. But the spirit of God says that he has shifted the time and the season and that the holding pattern that you have been in, that he is disintegrating the holding pattern. He is causing it to come to naught. And that there is a great release that is coming in your life and ministry. The Spirit of the Lord says, Elder Barbara Payne, that he is opening you up to a new dimension of the prophetic. He says that your ear is sharp. That's what I hear the Holy Ghost say. He says that your ear is sharp, but he's going to cause your mouth to be even sharper than your ear. He says that what you have heard uh, in the secret place, what you have heard in the secret place, in the quiet place, he says that the, the season in this changing of the time he says that he's moving you up to the rooftop, Elder Barbara, and that you are now going to masikea reketekashele. He says that you are going to announce from the rooftop that which you have heard in the secret place. God says that he's about to strategically connect you with networks of churches and networks of leaders and networks of preachers that are going to call on the prophet that is in you. Yes, you're an elder. Yes, you're a minister. Yes, you're an exhorter. Yes, you're a praiser. Yes, you're a preacher. But God says, that in the changing of the time that he's calling for the prophet in you. So I speak as an apostle of Christ that the prophet has to be birthed in you, that the prophet has to come fully alive in you right now, in your belly. I release the waters to flow. I release the mantle that is in you to flow. I release the Nakaya Surishate. The Spirit of God said to unlock it. So I unlock 
every prison that has been imposed upon you, even, I'm going to say this, because I just have an ear, even by those in uh, positions of authority, there have been authority figures, and I don't know what that's all about, but they have tried to imprison you. There have been authority figures that when you shamakusteya, that when you should have uh, risen to a certain rank and position in the kingdom, there are the komblestokai, there are authority figures that have imprisoned you, but the Spirit of God says tonight that he breaks the prison. He breaks it. He breaks it. He breaks it. He says that he opens you and releases you from the prison, and he calls out to the deep well of the prophet that is in you. He calls you out of the season of the cave. He calls you out of the season like an eagle of having to pluck out all of your feathers, and I speak in acceleration that it comes upon your ministry and your mantle, and that Nakai, that your uh, wings as an eagle begin to flow, that they begin to stretch out and that you begin to soar and that you begin to ascend into the high places that God has called you to. God says that he's about to unravel some scrolls before you. He's about to give you some things to prophesy that are going to make you even more unpopular. So this is why God had to train you, Elder Barbara, in resistance and had to train you in rejection and had to train you amongst people that despised you and didn't like you because the kind of anointing and mantle that's on you is the kind that's going to rub everybody the wrong way. It's going to get under their skin. It's going to get in their mess. It's going to call out their hidden things. But God says that he's going to do it. He's going to connect you. He's going to position you. And he says that this is the season that you're going to see the greatest extension of the power of God that you have ever seen in your life. Get ready for the acceleration. Get ready for the shift. Get ready for the changing of the time and the season. I don't know. Oh, yes, I do. I know Denise Williams. Well, let me go. Let me find somebody else. Because I know Denise Williams. Well, I'm just going to release it because I saw something. Denise Williams, you're already in a season of emergence. And God says that he's giving you a new order. I literally saw a template coming out of heaven. It was a solidified, cemented together template. It was already established. And so right now, that says to me as a prophet of God that I've got to speak to what the enemy might be trying to do in the arena of uncertainty. The assignment of the spirit that brings uncertainty. I overturn it, I break it, I curse it, I remove its diadem and its headship because that which has descended from the heavens concerning you, Denise Williams, has already been cemented together. From before the foundation of the world, it was already written concerning you. And now you come, I say, you come in the volume of the book. It has already been established and you are about to manifest what the Father in his omniscience and in his forbearance of you has already predetermined. God says that he is going to cause what he has placed in you to sprout up. I see multiple births. I see multiple babies that are on the inside of you in the realm of the spirit. And some of them um, are stunted. And some of them have some level of growth and maturity. Some of them are very mature, but then others of them are still very small and embryonic. So I'm speaking that a supernatural infusion of God's power comes into your spiritual womb and that all of the babies, the embryos, the infants, the children, that all of the things that God has placed in you, that they begin to accelerate and mature at the rate and the speed that the Holy Ghost has called them into in this season. I shift you from a time and season of everything that has ever been delayed. I shift you out of the molder of the time and the season of everything that you have ever felt was lost. I break that off of your mind. Nothing is delayed. Nothing is lost. I catch you up in the time and in the season of God. And you will walk boldly and powerfully and authoritatively in your mantle and in who and what God has called you to do in the earth. I'm looking at conferences that you are about to birth. And these conferences are going to be powerful. God is going to give you the budget. He's going to give you the economy. And you are going to build a national and international platform through the expression of conferences. He's going to give it. I already see it. He's already given it to you. I can literally see it in the realm of the spirit. He has already caused the writings of this thing to come into your spirit. I'm breathing a new life into that vision and I'm commanding it not to be 
stillborn. I'm commanding it not to be miscarried. I'm commanding it to come to the full fruition of what the sovereign God has dictated concerning your ministry. It must come forth. I want to see you birth it. I induce, I just, I'm out there tonight, but I give you a shot of spiritual Pitocin. I am your Pitocin tonight. I'm inducing the labor of this vision for these conferences. I'm inducing, and maybe this is the one that was already mature, that's ready to come out. I'm inducing the labor for this conference. I see you gathering voices from different places around the world that are gonna come and minister at this conference. I'm seeing church leaders that are gonna come to this conference and be healed and delivered. It's gonna be a safe place for them to take off their, uh, their their armor and allow their wounds to be healed. I'm seeing women that are going to come and be empowered. I'm seeing even a younger generation. This is going to be a multi-tiered thing, but I'm telling you that the sovereign God has placed a stamp of approval on it, and he's telling you to go forward and to cause this thing to come to pass. Andrea Davis, the Spirit of the Lord says that you are coming into the season of answered questions and answered prayers. I looked at your name and all around you, I could see that there is a, a plethora of question marks. There's still question marks. There's, there's still God, what about me? What am I supposed to do? What is my purpose? What is my assignment? Where do I fit? What is my role? And I'm releasing upon you that there is a new wisdom that is going to introduce you to the answer of every single one of those questions. I'm not gonna prophesy the answer, although I can, but I'm gonna release upon you a wisdom that is going to be wrought in you by experience and by the Holy Spirit of God. And he is going to introduce you to the answer of every single one of those questions. It is called the pursuit of destiny. And as you begin to carve out time to delve into the word and carve out time to delve into the deep things of God, God is going to cause your eyes to open. He's going to cause the eyes of the understanding of your heart to open. And when it opens, God is going to cause such an understanding and a settling to come in your spirit. I settle your spirit from the uncertainties of all of the previous seasons of your life. Every season where you walked in a I don't know moment, I settle your spirit, I settle your soul, I settle your mind, and I bring you into a place where you begin to approach life through the perspective of truth, that the spirit of truth begins to cause you to see in a way that you have never seen, that the spirit of truth begins to introduce you to truth, that the spirit of truth causes every lie and deception of the enemy that's round about you to fall down to the place of oblivion, that every single lie of the enemy is obliterated and that it no longer has permission to even encroach upon you. And I'm also dealing with the cycle. Now, I don't know all that this is, and I'm just going to say this piece of it, but this networking of the kingdom of darkness that I see around you, and there's this network of forces that comes upon you, and every time you're about to walk into a season of momentum, and every time you're about to walk into a season of like an open door, there's this network of forces that kicks into gear, but I stand as an apostle of Christ, I stand as your spiritual covering and your father in the spirit. And I interpose myself between you and that network of forces. And I take authority over them. I bind them and I cancel their assignment. Father, I command that every incubation of the kingdom of darkness against Andrea Davis, that it completely dies in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I shift her out of their grasp. I shift her out of their reach. And we seal her with the blood of Jesus. We remove the marking of every familiar spirit and network of the kingdom of darkness off of her so that they cannot find her or trace her in the realm of the spirit. Father, we shift her to a whole nother place. We shift her to a whole nother realm outside of the grasp of these spiritual forces. They have been following her life since adolescence. I put an end to it. I cut it off at the root. I cut the system out of her soul. I break the system off of her spirit that has allowed them to entangle themselves to her. And I release upon her, Father, an anointing that will propel her into the place of the fulfillment of destiny and purpose. I shift everything all around her into your divine will, into your divine order. I pray for new power and glory to come upon Jerron, to come upon her husband, that, Father, that there will be yet another thrust, that there will be yet another push in the things that you have assigned to his hand. I'm speaking 
that there is the acquisition of real estate for the Davis household, that there is the acquisition that even in the midst of a famine and a pandemic, that Father, you have apportioned to them favor and that the favor is going to show up in acquisition of territory. I want you to go after it. The acquisition of territory is your portion, says the Spirit of the Lord. Father, I give your name glory. I give your name honor. I give your name praise. Any of the other cabinet, y'all good? Any of y'all have anything? Are we all right? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all good? Father, we thank you, and we seal the word of the Lord that has been released. We seal the activity and the work of the Holy Spirit. We seal the activity of the angelic guard that you have dispensed and dispatched to cause these words to take place, to take root, and to come to full manifestation. We undergird these words, Father, with the force of heaven. And we thank you that no weapon formed against them or your people will prosper, that we go ahead of the fulfillment of the word and we cast down every diabolical force. We cast down every retaliation of the enemy. We cast down every backlash of the enemy that would try to come and steal the word of the Lord before it comes to the place of manifestation. And we establish uh, the guardians around the word of the Lord in the realm of the spirit that are assigned to watch over the word. And Father, that they will watch over it until the words are performed. We insulate these words. We natsar these words. We shamar these words with the mantleship that you have placed upon us. And we establish that everything that you have written and inscribed in the scripture of truth, in the heavenly realms, that it comes to pass over the lives of the people that we have ministered to tonight. We thank you for upgrade. We thank you for reinforcement. We thank you for spiritual backing and we call these things done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to release this word over some of you. Some of you need to sow into this. We don't prophesy for your offerings. We have offering at the beginning of it but when there is an open heaven and an exchange like this, you want to sow a seed in that realm. You want to sow a seed into that atmosphere. Charlene put the uh, information for them to sow back on the screen and I'm releasing over this offering, over this seed, a particular anointing of increase. Now, if you don't believe that prophets and apostles have the authority to release things over your finances, then you need to go back to Bible 101 and you need to revisit your word. I don't have time to teach it tonight. I'm dealing with the mature church. I'm dealing with the mature kingdom. I don't have time for preschool and ABCs every single time I open my mouth. Some of y'all are going to have to go back and listen to things that we preached 15 years ago to catch up to this moment. But I'm releasing over the mature believers that there is an anointing of acceleration that's coming upon you in business. There is an anointing of acceleration that is coming upon you in ministry. There is an anointing of favor that I'm releasing and dispensing upon you. And from the mantle that God has given me, I'm releasing it. That there is an acquisition of land. There is an acquisition of territory. I'm telling you by experience that we are thriving in the midst of a famine, that our church is thriving, that our locations, we got a location that don't even have members yet, and it's thriving. I'm telling you that in the midst of the famine, that the heavens are open and that the Father has released his economy. I had a vision of the Lord several months ago, and the Lord dispatched into my sphere three ministers of finance. These were angelic beings that were sent into my sphere. In an open vision, it was more like a trance. The Lord took me into a dimension, and he showed me these three uh, entities, these three angelic beings, and they came and sat with me at a table and began to negotiate with me concerning the initiatives of the kingdom that I have to undertake in my lifetime. And I'm telling you that they are here as the financiers of the kingdom. And so I don't know about you. I don't know about where you're connected. I don't know about nobody else. All I know is the sovereign Lord and what he said to me and what he revealed to me. But these ministers of finance are a part of our angelic delegation. And so if you connect through a seed, through the power of a seed into this atmosphere, I'm telling you that they're already assigned to cause economic surges and growth in your divine purpose. Now, you just ain't gonna have money to do whatever you want to do, but where you have lacked financing and you have lacked funding and you have lacked economy in the pursuit and the fulfillment of your purpose, I'm telling you that they have already been assigned for those that are connected to our ministry to bring into your treasury, into your hands, what is needed to facilitate your purpose. So you want to sow in this offering. Charlene, put the information back up on the screen for me for a second. You want to sow into this offering and into this atmosphere. So Father, I release 
over this seed. I release over this offering in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your jurisdiction, your dominion, your power, your authority, your anointing of breakthrough. The people that have been broken down are about to break through. They are about to come into their finest hour. They are about to come into the season of manifestation. They are about to come into the season of power. I ask your blessings upon these gifts. I ask your blessings upon these seeds and that you would release upon them an accelerated harvest. Father, I even hear that, that there are some multi-generational harvests that are coming. There are things that have been owed to some people's entire family lines in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there are some people, I didn't make any changes in it, so I don't know. Whatever you were able to do before should still work now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, um, as we work this out, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you, Father, that generational uh, blessings and that generational things that were given to family lines that have not been reaped in the earth. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that these people are catching up on these blessings and, they, and that they are receiving the ability to manifest them in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking to residual blessings that should have come into your family line. There's ownership of homes and property. There's businesses and things that should have taken place. I'm telling you that God is going to give you the ability to manifest it and to bring it into being. Our churches uh, handle on Cash App is dollar sign our NLCC, dollar sign O-U-R-N-L-C-C. You need to sow in this atmosphere, or you can sow it into the other one that is very easy for some to remember, dollar sign RC Furlough Global, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the offerings that are coming in. We thank you for the seeds that are being sown, and we call your kingdom harvest upon them in the name of Jesus. We thank you all for worshiping with us tonight. We don't always do this. We don't always go in the prophetic, but the Holy Spirit instructed me that this was a, a night that we had to begin to flow in the prophetic. I want you to rehearse these words. If you receive the prophetic word tonight, I want you to rehearse this word in your spirit. I want you to replay it. I want you to replay it for the enemy. I want you to let the enemy know that the plans of God concerning your life are yea and amen, and that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, and that no effort from the kingdom of darkness to overthrow your purpose and assignment is going to be able to be established. You are Christ in the earth. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We thank you for worshiping with us tonight. We seal you. We decree the favor and the blessing of the Lord upon you until Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. We'll see you again. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where once again, we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. We'll see you next time.